This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast directories. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. I love to hear from listeners. You can shoot me an email. The address is right now, Jim Dawes at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That number again, 772-245-0750. Well, the White House attorneys uh, really dug in yesterday and just totally destroyed and discredited the House managers in this Democrat uh, impeachment kabuki theater that they've been putting on first in the House of Representatives and then uh, then on the floor of the Senate. You know, really on Saturday morning, the House managers uh, put together a couple of hours presentation just because they were required to by the Senate rules. And after that two hours, really the case uh, was thoroughly discredited and destroyed. But yesterday, uh, they brought out sort of an all-star lineup uh, that just really uh, just hammered Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is not the kind of character that can stand up to the kind of examination that he uh, was put through yesterday. And it was uh, it was funny to watch him have to sit there and have it explained uh, so expertly by the White House attorneys just what a disreputable and uh, a slimy character Adam Schiff is. They focused on... Uh, almost entirely on Schiff. I wish they had given Jerry Nadler uh, some of their attention too, but Jerry Nadler wasn't in the Senate chambers yesterday. He had to go home to take care of his wife who's suffering from pancreatic cancer. So I guess, you know, maybe the house managers, uh, I mean, the White House attorneys sort of um, dialed back their examination of Jerry Nadler, although he richly deserves it. But everybody on the on the uh, house management team was uh, was just shamed yesterday by becoming part of this effort. Schiff's uh, Schiff's plan was exposed as you know being concocted from the start, uh, being engineered in the House of Representatives, reverse engineered to you know to get onto the floor of the Senate, and uh, you know I think if the Senate Democrats were being honest. I mean, some of them we don't expect to be honest, like uh, like Chuck Schumer. 
But if the Senate Democrats were being honest, they, they would realize that uh, the House Democrats are trying to do violence to the Constitution and, um, and vote to, uh, to acquit the president. So we've got a lot of clips to get to. I don't know if, uh, if everybody's watching this or how much attention they're paying to it. What I've uh, decided to do with my coverage is to kind of curate the best arguments um, that are being made. You know, I obviously come out this with a bias, but I think it, it's quite clear that what the Democrats have done is tried to abuse the impeachment uh, provisions in the Constitution to to win an election. They they knew going in that this was not going to result in Donald Trump's removal. We're going to cover all of that. I want to say a, a quick word about uh, America Pride Roasters Coffee. Of course, um, Matt Quails. Uh, was our winner from the first week's promotion, the giveaway of uh, a Mojo Five O blend of America P- Pride Roasters coffee. And we're going to run this promotion again this week. If you've already entered, if you've already sent me your email and uh, name, you will be automatically entered in this week's promo. If you haven't, go ahead and shoot me your name and email address uh, to my Twitter account at uh, right now Jim Dawes. Shoot me an email at right now Jim Dawes at gmail dot com. That name is spelled D-A-W-S. There's no E. Right now, Jim Dawes, D-A-W-S. Or you can call the vent line and leave your information at 772-245-0750. And, uh, and you'll be entered to win another um, giveaway of this gourmet Mojo Five O blend from America Pride Roasters. You can go online and order it uh, so you'll have it there. Uh, without fail at americaprideroasters.com. That's americaprideroasters.com. So as uh, yesterday's impeachment trial began in the Senate, John the John Bolton bombshell from the New York Times, where they, they had sort of an indirect quote that was supposedly sourced from anonymous sources that had pre-released drafts of the book. Oddly enough, later on in the morning, um, John Bolton came out with a statement saying he didn't release any pre-release drafts. So where do you suppose that the New York times might have gotten their pre-release drafts or, or their, um, their, uh, anonymous sources? Could it be? that they were being dishonest with us? Oh, no, not the New York Times. You have to wonder how they can keep citing the New York Times as an authority. I know they've got a big staff, and they've got a half-empty building in New York City, but this is the New York Times has become one of the most discredited print outlets in the country. They've obviously got a political agenda, and they uh, they tailor their coverage of any story to fit that political agenda. And they've been caught during the Russiagate hoax and during the Kavanaugh hearings and with Stormy Daniels and um, Michael Cohen again and again. Quoting anonymous deep state leaks that have turned out not to be true. They just move right on and... Uh, it blows my mind that people keep uh, uh, quoting them as if 
they are a reliable source. So John Bolton came out and said he he never released any drafts, any pre-release drafts. So the one place we know that has a copy of this draft was in the White House um, uh, National Security Council's legal office that is staffed by none other than Mr. Vindman's brother, Yevgeny Vindman. Do you think Yevgeny Vindman might have been responsible for this leak? Do you think that he might uh, share the same never-Trump mindset as his brother, Mr. Alexander Vindman? I think it's probably a pretty good bet. It just amazes me. It amazes me that Alexander Vindman is still on the staff going to work every day on the National Security Council. He most certainly ought to be blown out of there and reassigned to maybe an Antarctic ice station. But he, uh, he, he's guilty of insubordination and, and leaking information. I don't understand why he hasn't been court-martialed. I guess I do actually understand because he is uh, he's one of their uh, untouchables. You're not allowed to push back against any of these, uh, these deep state sources, and none of them at this point has, uh, has been prosecuted for these, uh, the, these endless leaks coming out of the, the deep state. The only person that I'm aware of that has been prosecuted for these leaks of classified information was a, a contractor in Augusta, Georgia. I think her name was Reality Winner, who was caught uh, leaking information. Maybe she just wasn't as skilled about it, but I think that the only reason that she was sacrificed is to say that they weren't allowing this to go on um, and pretending that they were enforcing the, the laws against leaks. But if you look at, uh, at John Bolton's, the quote that the New York Times is attributing to John Bolton's book, it's really not nearly as powerful as how the Democrats are trying to portray it. It's not a bombshell. It's more like a pop gun. And it's not directly on point to these, uh, these bogus articles of impeachment. I got sort of a long clip of a, a exchange that took place yesterday on the five uh, of Jesse Waters and uh, and the uh, the panel characterizing this John Bolton book leak. Buying this Bolton stuff, and okay. I've been around not that long, but long enough. Yeah, here's yeah. here's why I'm not buying this Bolton stuff, and okay. I've been around not that long, but long Oops. enough to know this is a hatchet job. <laughs> How many perfectly timed, anonymous, cherry picked? revelations have been leaked perfectly timed to help the Democrats to the New York Times. Jim Comey, Jim Comey. I mean, are these the same anonymous sources that said that there was Russia collusion? I mean, are these the same anonymous people in the NSA? But, but even the, they the, tried to draw up this whole whistleblower. So, so, so we don't know who leaks it. We we know why. The, the the timing tells you why. This is in order to like to to to, to nail the president. But the thing I don't understand is nobody's actually seen right. the actual right. quote. Because so I we, think it could actually defend him. It could defend him. I, I mean, here's the deal. People are freaking out on the right about this, and I'm going like, it vindicates Trump because he's telling everybody what Trump really thought, which was that. 
Ukraine was corrupt and he was on, in, in, on behalf of the Dems and this is what he's trying to do. But now this is just like another bombshell. The media has TBD, terminal bombshell disease. A belch is a bombshell, but it's nothing. But the bottom line is nobody knows what it is. Well, here's I what I think theory. it is because they actually lied about what they say the revelation is. They don't get to page four until they tell you the meat of the conversation that Bolton had with the president. This is a direct quote from the New York Times, okay? This is supposed to be the good stuff. He, the president, quote, preferred sending no assistance to Ukraine until officials had turned over all the materials they had about the Russia investigation that related to Mr. Biden and supporters of Mrs. Clinton in Ukraine. So this wasn't about Burisma or Hunter. This was about them releasing information about election interference and collusion by the Democrats against the president. So that's why this murky leak is probably from some guy that maybe saw a manuscript, spun it to the Times, and they can't corroborate Can it because they don't have it. I think the leak is right out of the NSC. Uh, well, you know, it may, have, it may have been out of the publisher's house. This may have been timed uh, to coincidentally coincide with the pre-order on Amazon, which started yesterday morning. But when you actually look at the meat of this quote from John Bolton, it's really not anything damning. And if they uh, if they insist on uh, hearing from John Bolton, who at some point is going to go on one of these shows, uh, you know, um, promoting his book, I don't think he's actually going to deliver anything that uh, would result in uh, in these bogus impeachment articles being vindicated. But that's not to say that they might not end up with 51 votes because you've got these uh, these rhinos in the Senate led by Mitt Romney and uh, including uh, John Portman and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski that uh, really are sort of spineless. Here's a, here, a clip from Mitt Romney yesterday cucking on this whole Bolton issue. I've said for some time that I hope to be able to hear from John Bolton. I think with a story that came out uh, yesterday, it's increasingly apparent that it would be important to hear from John Bolton. Uh, I, I, of course, will make a final decision on witnesses after we've heard from not only the prosecution but also the defense. But I think at this stage it's pretty fair to say that uh, John Bolton has a a relevant uh, testimony to provide to those of us who are sitting in impartial justice. Really? You're going to drag us through another uh, no telling how many weeks, because if they call John Bolton, the White House is going to do the same thing that they would have done in the House of Representatives, and that's declare executive immunity. It's going to have to go to courts. It's going to drag this impeachment trial in the Senate out for months and months, which is exactly what the Democrats want to do. They want to make this the centerpiece of their 2020 election because they don't have any candidates. They don't have any policies. So we still got a problem, you know, because our our majority in the Senate is so narrow that uh, we can't tolerate these uh, these spineless uh, conservatives. But there was a, a clip from the Republican Senatorial Committee yesterday that uh, really sort of heartens you because Donald Trump is transfer, uh, trans transitioning the uh, the Republican Party into a far more combative and willing to fight party we're used to these country club republicans and these establishment republicans sort of throwing in the towel at the first salvo from the new york times or the uh, the liberal media 
But Donald Trump has shown him that you can fight and you can win when you have the facts on your side. And, uh, and they're starting to fight back. Here's a, uh, here's a, uh, I think it's a, a campaign commercial that the Senate Republican, uh, campaign committee put together, but, uh, it, it sort of, uh, makes you feel much better about the Democrat or the Republican party than we have in the past. We're going to hear from the president's team talk about the John Bolton revelations that dropped uh, just as his book did on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, the timing is a little uh, interesting, isn't it? Listen, I can't tell from the New York Times report what is actually being reported here. I can't tell if this is something new. I can't tell if they've actually seen the manuscript. Uh, it's all a bunch of hearsay. And clearly, it's an attempt to try to influence the course of the trial. They want to slow down the trial as much as possible in the Senate. This is exactly what happened in the Kavanaugh proceedings. I think what the average person in our country really wants is fairness. 48% of the American people who have been spoken with say there is enough info at this point to make a judgment. You don't come to court and ask for witnesses after you've already presented your case unless you know your case is not working. I think the real motivation is for them to keep this president busy so they can talk about impeaching the president all as long as they can between now and November. It is also about Chuck Schumer trying to make himself a majority leader of the United States Senate. Within two hours, I thought that the White House counsel and their team entirely shredded the case that has been presented by the House managers. What they did was they explained that there was no quid pro quo, there was no obstruction of justice. We go down the road to witnesses, this could take weeks or even months longer, but at the end of the day, the result's going to be the same. The Republicans are winning here. The president is winning here. We are going to render a fair trial to all involved, and that's exactly what we have been doing. So, so it's kind of heartening to finally, at long last, see the Republicans fight back, fight back against uh, the media and the, uh, the mouthpieces in the media for the Democrats. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. But uh, we'll get back to the uh, the actual impeachment trial. Uh, they, they sort of put together an all-star cast yesterday with uh, Ken Starr and Alan Dershowitz coming on and making the constitutional case that this impeachment was illegitimate. And then you had the white house attorneys, uh, pointing out how it was engineered in the house of representatives and, uh, and how disreputable Adam Schiff is. So this first clip I'm going to play you is of Ken Starr. I looked for some hard hitting clips from Ken Starr. That's not who Ken Starr is. Ken Starr is sort of a mild mannered sort of understated attorney. And, um, and I'm not sure he, he led a lot, but this is his strongest argument that he made yesterday. And so the appropriate question, were crimes alleged in the articles in the common law of presidential impeachment in Nixon? Yes. In Clinton? Yes. Here? No. A factor to be considered as the judges in the high court. 
come, as you will, individually to your judgment. No crimes alleged was a recurring theme in yesterday's arguments. Uh, now the the House managers will tell you that no crime is required for impeachment. Impeachment is whatever we say it is. But that uh, that whole argument was sort of destroyed by Alan Dershowitz, who uh, who gave his argument later in the evening last night. I think it was uh, it was about seven or eight uh, eight seven thirty or eight when he came on and pointed out that these articles of impeachment could have been leveled against almost any president in our history. For the Senate to remove a duly elected president on vague non-constitutional grounds, such as abuse of power or obstruction of Congress, would create a dangerous precedent and be construed, in the words of Senator James N. Grimes, into approval of impeachment as part of future political machinery. This is a realistic threat to all future presidents who serve with opposing legislative majorities that could easily concoct vague charges of abuse or obstruction. The fact that a long list of presidents that were accused of abuse of power were not impeached demonstrates how selectively this term has and can be used in the context of impeachment. I'm sorry, House House managers, you just picked the wrong criteria. You picked the most dangerous possible criteria to serve as a precedent for how we supervise and oversee future presidents. If you allow the House managers to impeach a president based on these amorphous charges, uh, the, the second article of impeachment, obstruction, is just absurd on its face. The president is entirely within its rights to invoke executive privilege, and it really ever never even got there because the House uh, never uh, subpoenaed the witnesses that they now want in the Senate. It's kind of uh, uh, disheartening to have to to even engage in this process with the the House because they didn't put together uh, a, a impeachment case that was designed to win. It was just designed to be a public relations campaign. But here is Dershowitz um, pointing out that you could, if the House managers were allowed to win in this case, convict almost any president in history of abuse of power. I will now give you a list of presidents who in our history have been accused of abusing their power, who would be subject to impeachment under the House manager's view of the Constitution. George Washington. Refusal to turn over documents related to the Jay Treaty. John Adams, signing and enforcing the Alien and Sedition Laws. Thomas Jefferson, purchasing Louisiana without congressional authorization. I'll go on. John Quincy Adams, Martin Van Buren, John Tyler, arbitrary, despotic, and corrupt use of the veto power. James Polk, here I quote Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln accused Polk of abusing his power of his office, contemptuously disregarding the Constitution, usurping the role of Congress, and assuming the role of dictator. He didn't seek to impeach him. He just sought to defeat him. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was accused of abusing his power for suspending the writ of habeas corpus during the Civil War. President Grant, Grover Cleveland, William McKinley, Theodore Roosevelt, William Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Franklin Roosevelt, Harry Truman, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan. Quote, concerning Iran-Contra... 
And now I say, Professor Lawrence Tribe said the following, quote, therein lies what appears to be the most serious breach of duty by the president, a breach that may well entail an impeachable abuse of power. George H.W. Bush, the following was released today by the Clinton-Gore campaign. In the past weeks, Americans have begun to learn the extent to which George Bush and his administration have abused their governmental power for political purposes. That's how abuse of power should be used, as campaign rhetoric. It should be in statements issued by one political party against the other. That's the nature of the term. Abuse of power is a political weapon. And it should be leveled against political opponents. Let the public decide. Let the public decide. There are so many checks and balances built into the Constitution. You know, the president has his authority, including the executive privilege. The House has its authority, the power of the purse. If they want to punish a president for uh, abuse of power, they can defund uh, the the president's agenda. The Senate has the power of confirmation of cap- cabinet officials. The framers were brilliant in building in checks and balances into the Constitution. They never intended the impeachment clause to be um, something that would be deployed for Congress to get its will. They meant that to be a last resort when you've got a president that engages in treason, bribery, other high crimes, crimes or misdemeanors, which back in the day, a misdemeanor was uh, was recognized as a crime. As a matter of fact, as Dershowitz pointed out yesterday, there were actually capital misdemeanors, misdemeanors that you could be put to death for. This whole argument that uh, an impeachment doesn't require a crime was just destroyed by Alan Dershowitz yesterday. we got to run out to a break. You're going to hear two messages, and then we'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, Keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. One of the, I mean, I mean the, the White House attorneys just took a sledgehammer 
to the House managers yesterday in this whole impeachment case that they have ginned up, exposing one uh, outrageous abuse of power, if you will, by the Democrats and the House of Representatives that has resulted in this, this impeachment theater that they put on in the Senate. I mean, the, the case that they put on was so overwhelming that you can't even, you'd have to listen to it all. It was just one uh, demolition after another by the White House attorneys. Here's a clip of, uh, I think, I can't remember his first name, Propiro. He's pointing out that Nancy Pelosi refused to even wait one day before embarking on this unconstitutional, unauthorized impeachment jihad. Refused to even wait one day for the president to release the transcript of this call that was the basis of her impeachment frenzy. You would think that if it was, you know, really concerned with the truth as opposed to politics, the president, by the time she announced this, had, 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 um, said that he was going to release the transcript the next day. Wouldn't you want to wait a day, 24 hours? Actually, it was 18 hours to read this transcript. Papiro shows just how abusive she was of the constitutional uh, impeachment clause by pointing that out. On September 24, before Speaker Pelosi had any idea what President Trump and President Zelensky actually said on the July 25 call, she called for an impeachment inquiry into President Trump. In the interest of full transparency and to show that he had done nothing wrong, President Trump took the unprecedented, unprecedented step of declassifying the call transcript so that the American people could see for themselves exactly what the two presidents discussed. And when it came out that the transcript didn't support the whistleblower's uh, uh, bogus allegations... Then you had Adam Schiff go uh, in, in front of his committee and and read into the congressional record this fictitious version of the phone call. And when they actually had to deal with the substance of the phone call, they decided that uh, it was uh, the, the uh, corrupt intent. They claimed to be able to read the president's mind and know what he was actually up to when he suggested that it would be great to find out what actually went on with Hunter Biden and collecting millions of dollars from Burisma, and whether or not uh, the previous administrations in the Ukraine were involved in interference in the 2016 presidential election, Jay Sekulow made the point that the House managers are asking the senators to believe that they can read the president's mind. This case is really not about presidential wrongdoing. This entire impeachment process is about the House managers' insistence that they are able to read everybody's thoughts, they can read everybody's intention, even when the principal speakers, the witnesses themselves, insist that those interpretations are wrong. And that is that has been the case here. Uh, President Zelensky said he felt no pressure, that he, he thought that the phone call was just fine, but, you know, the... The House uh, Democrats are asking you to believe that uh, Donald Trump is such an evil villain that anything that he does that would be perfectly acceptable by another president uh, 
is wrong in the case of Donald Trump because he has got corrupt intent. I've got sort of a long clip I'm going to play you, uh, for you here. This is Patrick Philbin. Patrick Philbin is one of the, the mild-mannered uh, White House attorneys. And this clip goes on for uh, four minutes. But in it, he really exposes Schiff, not using the dramatics or the, you know, almost in tears method that Adam Schiff uses, but just clear, cold rendition of the facts and the law. On one uh, last point before I yield to one of my colleagues, and that relates to the whistleblower. The whistleblower, who we haven't heard that much about, who started all of this. The whistleblower, we know from the letter that the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community sent, that he thought that the whistleblower had political bias. We don't know exactly what the political bias was, because... The inspector general testified in the House committees in an executive session, and that transcript is still secret. It wasn't transmitted up to the House Judiciary Committee. We haven't seen it. We don't know what's in it. We don't know what he was asked and what he revealed about the whistleblower. Now, you would think that before going forward with an impeachment proceeding against the President of the United States, that you would want to find out something about the complainant that had started all of it. Because motivations, bias, reasons for wanting to bring this complaint could be relevant. But there wasn't any inquiry into that. Recent reports, public reports, suggest that potentially the whistleblower was an intelligence community staffer who worked with then-Vice President Biden on Ukraine matters, which, if true, would suggest an even greater reason for wanting to know about potential bias or motive for the whistleblower. And at first, when things started, it seemed like everyone agreed that we should hear from the whistleblower, including Manager Schiff. I think we have what he said. But yes, we would love to talk directly with the whistleblower. We'll get the unfiltered testimony of that whistleblower. We don't need the whistleblower. It changed. At first, Manager Schiff agreed we should hear the unfiltered testimony from the whistleblower. But then he changed his mind. And he suggested that it was because now we had the transcript. But the second clip there was from uh, September 29th, which was four days after the transcript had been released. But there was something else that came into play. And that was something that Manager Schiff had said earlier when he was asked about whether he had spoken to the whistleblower. Uh, We have not spoken directly with the whistleblower. Uh, We would like to. And it turned out that that statement was not truthful. Around October 2nd or 3rd, it was exposed that Manager Schiff's staff, at least, had spoken with the whistleblower 
before the whistleblower filed the complaint and potentially had given some guidance, some sort, to the whistleblower. And after that point, it became critical to shut down any inquiry into the whistleblower. And during the House hearings, of course, Manager Schiff was in charge. He was chairing the hearings. And that creates a real problem from a due process perspective, from a search for truth perspective, because... Okay, I know that, you know, uh, Philbin is a, a sort of a mild-spoken uh, attorney. He doesn't pound the podium or, or, you know, make a dramatic presentation. But what he put together right there was absolutely devastating to the house managers. There is a principle in law and in trials that if a witness lies to you, then you can discount anything else. Or if a witness is caught lying to you, then you can discount the rest of his testimony because he's shown that to, to be dishonest. The House managers has as their lead prosecutor in this case somebody that was just exposed in a very uh, dispassionate way as being a liar. He used actual video clips of of uh, Adam Schiff lying with regards to this case. He could have put on an hour of video clips of Adam Schiff lying, first in the Russia hoax and then in this Ukraine hoax and in other cases as well. Adam Schiff is one of the most notorious liars in Washington, D.C., been thoroughly discredited. And the fact that the House of Representatives sent him up there as the manager, the lead manager in this case, tells you really everything you need to know about their case. It has been put together by an obsessed liar. One of the things that I was really heartened by in yesterday's uh, testimony was um, the White House did not shy away from defending Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, as in his uh, position as personal attorney to the president, has been attacked, and and his reputation, which was hard-earned over decades in public service, has, has been trashed. And uh, they've transformed him, at least in the media, from being, you know, one of the most beloved figures in this country to, uh, you know, somehow... Uh, disreputable and the well the white house could have just walked away from that they could have left rudy giuliani hanging but they didn't they sent jane raskin up there to defend giuliani and she did a fabulous job i'm going to play you a couple of clips here uh, of her defense of rudy giuliani rudy giuliani is the house manager's colorful distraction he's a household name legendary federal prosecutor who took down the mafia, corrupt public officials, Wall Street racketeers, crime-busting mayor who cleaned up New York and turned it around, a national hero, America's mayor after 9-11, and after that, an internationally recognized expert on fighting corruption. To be sure, Mr. Giuliani has always been somewhat of a controversial figure, for his hard-hitting, take-no-prisoner approach. But it's no stretch to say 
that he was respected by friend and foe alike for his intellect, his tenacity, his accomplishments, and his fierce loyalty to his causes and his country. Now, I got to admit that I think Rudy Giuliani getting involved with Lev Parnas was a huge mistake. I think uh, Lev Parnas insinuated himself uh, with Rudy Giuliani because, one, he spoke Ukrainian and he had contacts in the Ukraine and offered to help Rudy Giuliani in his investigations into what happened in the Ukraine. I think, or I suspect, I should say, before this is all over, we're going to learn that um, Lev Parnas had alternate uh, motivations himself. I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that he was actually, um, you know, uh, another one of these deep state plants like we saw in the Russiagate hoax. But, um, you know, we know that Lev Parnas was recording and taking notes. If he was involved in some sort of secret uh, effort, he wouldn't have been documenting all of this so that he could uh, then turn around and uh, and use it against the president. But I'm going to play you one more clip of uh, Jane Raskin defending Rudy Giuliani. Bottom line is, Mr. Giuliani defended President Trump vigorously, relentlessly, and publicly throughout the Mueller investigation and in the nonstop congressional investigations that followed, including the attempted Mueller redo by the House Judiciary Committee, which the managers would apparently like to sneak in the back door here. The House managers may not like his style. You may not like his style. But one might argue that he is everything Clarence Darrow said a defense lawyer must be. Outrageous, irreverent, blasphemous, a rogue, a renegade. Fact is, in the end, after a two-year siege on the presidency, two inspector general reports, and a $32 million special counsel investigation, turns out Rudy was spot on. Seems to me, if we're keeping score on who got it right, on allegations of FISA abuse, egregious misconduct at the highest level of the FBI, alleged collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia, and supposed obstruction of justice in connection with the special counsel investigation, the score is Mayor Giuliani four, Mr. Schiff zero. Mr. Schiff in the deep state, zero. Rudy, four. Mr. Schiff in the deep state, zero. And I just, I got to say it again. I love that this president is willing to fight. You know, in the past, we would have seen Republican administrations just throw Rudy or a similar character under the bus. Just sacrifice him to the braying wolves in the Democrats' mainstream media. But they sent Jane Riskin up there to rehabilitate Rudy Giuliani and defend his reputation. And I think that's worthy of note. We got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at Pam Bondi's uh, presentation yesterday where she debunked the, this whole narrative that, uh, that the Hunter Biden corruption story in the Ukraine has been debunked. She debunked the debunked. She rebunked 
the uh, uh, the reality of what went on in Ukraine. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. So it turns out we're not going to get a look at Hunter Biden's finances in that uh, paternity suit uh, being conducted in Arkansas. Yesterday, he reached an out-of-court settlement with his uh, the mother of his child. Her name is Robert uh, London Roberts. She was a stripper at a Washington, D.C. club. She was a college student, but she was a stripper at a Washington, D.C. strip club uh, where Hunter Biden um, met her doing cocaine or crack in the club. And we thought that maybe we'd get a look at Hunter Biden's finances because she sued him for paternity and he refused to answer those um, uh, interrogatories. And uh, and yet just recently we've seen Hunter Biden tooling around um, on Rodeo Drive in a $150,000 uh, Porsche. And now we have learned that, uh, in fact, he settled his uh, paternity suit out of court. I'd like to know who financed this paternity suit in his original answers to the lawsuit. He said he was unemployed, that he was deeply in debt, he had no income. And then when the uh, judge ordered him to appear, lo and behold, he had the money to settle out of court. But Pam Bondi, uh, during yesterday's presentation by the White House lawyers, just destroyed this notion that's been put forward again and again by the House managers that any suggestion that uh, Joe and Hunter Biden were engaged in Ukraine uh, in corruption in the Ukraine has been debunked, that there's nothing there here, that it's discredited, that the, the claims are all a sham. And Pam Bondi, former... Uh, Florida Attorney General, who I wish was still in that job, just uh, wrecked that whole case. And uh, let me see if I can find you some clips here. Stand by. Managers gave you their presentation when they submitted their brief. They repeatedly referenced Hunter Biden and Burisma. They spoke to you for over 21 hours, and they referenced Biden or Burisma over 400 times. Now, she's saying this to, uh, to set up that if the, the House managers want witnesses, that they brought Hunter Biden into this case, and that he'll be, have to uh, be a witness to testify as well. And when they gave these presentations, they said there was nothing, nothing to see. It was a sham. 
This is fiction. In their trial memorandum, the House managers described this as baseless. Now, why did they say that? Why did they invoke Biden or Burisma over 400 times? The reason they needed to do that is because they are here saying that the president must be impeached and removed from office for raising a concern. That's what I kept pointing out. The, the, they kept saying that we have to remove Donald Trump for office, and the bottom line was because he asked about Hunter Biden. And then Pam Bondi uh, came up there yesterday and started showing some actual clips from the mainstream media uh, after the uh, the House managers had claimed that there was nothing to this. These were conspiracy theories. One article from May 2014 stated... The appointment of Joe Biden's son to the board of Ukrainian gas firm Burisma has raised eyebrows the world over. Even an outlet with bias for Democrats pointed out Hunter Biden's activities created a conflict of interest for Joe Biden. The article stated... The move raises questions about a potential conflict of interest for Joe Biden. She went on and on like this. I'm going to play you an actual clip from ABC News. ABC News. That sort of encapsulated this whole case um, against Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And just puts the lie to the Senator, the uh, House managers that it's been debunked, that there's nothing there, that it's a, 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 a fraud to say that Joe and Hunter Biden were engaged in corruption. Bottom line is... ...to fight the cancer of corruption. But then, something strange happened. Just three weeks later, a Ukrainian natural gas company, Burisma, accused of corruption, appoints Hunter Biden, seen here in their promotional videos, to their board of directors, paying his firm more than a million dollars a year. Hunter, a lawyer who had just been discharged from the Navy Reserves for testing positive for cocaine. And Ukraine wasn't the only country where Hunter Biden's business and his father's diplomacy as vice president intersected. It also happened in China. This video shows Chinese diplomats greeting Vice President Biden as he arrived in Beijing in December of 2013. Right by his side, his son Hunter. Less than two weeks later, Hunter's firm had new business, creating an investment fund in China involving the government-controlled Bank of China. With reports, they hope to raise $1.5 billion. That's why Hunter Biden was not going to answer these interrogatories from this a paternity case in Arkansas because he has to keep his finances secret. He can't allow any examination of how much money he made. I suspect it's going to be a, a, an eye-popping number, tens of millions of dollars. He's saying that uh, he never earned any money from that Chinese investment. That's because he hasn't cashed it out yet. That Chinese investment on the the government-owned Bank of China into his Startup hedge fund is going to net Hunter Biden tens of millions of dollars. And we're supposed to believe that in the 20-hour flight over there, in the 20-hour flight back, Hunter Biden never mentioned anything to his dad about what he was doing there or what happened. 
Even over on CNN, they had to admit that all of this stinks. Um, I thought Attorney General Bondi did an effective job of showing how sleazy the hiring of Hunter Biden was. I mean, there is no way to dress that up. Um, he was given a great deal of money for a job he was unqualified for. Um, and the only reason he got it is because he was the vice president's son. He was not only unqualified for it, but he didn't do anything for it. He uh, attended two seminars, not even in the Ukraine. He attended two seminars for Burisma. Otherwise, it was a no-show job. Uh, apparently, the only thing he did was organize a lobbying effort of the State Department to call off the dogs against Burisma. And the fact that his, his dad is on tape admitting that he fired or had the prosecutor investigating Burisma fired on pain of losing a billion dollars in foreign aid is devastating. And the Dems are in an absolute panic because Joe Biden is supposed to be their savior. The establishment Democrats look at Joe Biden as, as, uh, as saving the Democrat Party from going down this Marxist road with Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. There's a clip here I want to uh, play for you and comment on. This was on Fox News yesterday on one of these panels that included uh, Chris Wallace and Katie Pavlich. And Katie Pavlich was pointing out that calling witnesses in the Senate is is uh, illegitimate because that work was supposed to have been done in the House, which sort of uh, triggered Chris Wallace to to go uh, on the attack against the lovely Katie Pavlich. Come on, clip. The Justice Department decided not to investigate, and that is why it went to the House. So to say that in the Clinton investigation that these people were interviewed by the House, one, they weren't, and to say that it wasn't done by the Justice, it wasn't done by the Justice Department because the Justice Department refused to carry out the investigation. Get your facts straight. Okay, Okay, let's talk about some of the facts here, Chris. The point is that... Chris says, get your facts straight, as if Katie Pavlich is just going to... Uh, succumb to his attack. Well, that's not Katie. Katie does have her facts straight, and she pushed right back. The point is that all of the information that the grand jury and the Clinton investigation and all of the witnesses that the House wanted to call, that the Justice Department called in the Clinton case, were done before the articles were voted on and put over to the Senate. That is not what has happened here. The House voted on incomplete information and gave it to the Senate, and now they're saying the Senate should call additional witnesses who have not been called before and who were not part of the House evidence that so Mr. McConnell put we into the record. we just shouldn't listen to what John Bolton I'm not taking a side, Chris. I'm not saying Bolton should or should not testify. I am simply talking about what senators are saying well, and whether the they meantime, should go with the process. In the meantime, just moments ago, a statement from... Katie Pavlich just exposed Chris Wallace right there as being the, uh, the uh, enemy inside the gates. He is there to further the Democrats' narrative. And, uh, and they have him on Fox News to carry that, uh, that burden. He's there to, to be their marquee Democrat... Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Impeachment Coverage on Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. 
I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. When you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can get a powerful Internet experience and nationwide coverage on the most reliable network. Choose the data option that's right for you. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Based on root metrics by IHS Markets Root Score Reports 2H2020 of four mobile networks. If you have thyroid eye disease and itchy eyes have you itching for a fight, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com.